The gospel reading this morning is from the third chapter of Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Ithaca and Trachonitis and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God, John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. And they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the new good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler, who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them by shutting John up in prison. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, and with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Sharon.
Let's pray. Uh, God, today in this season of Epiphany, it's about light, and we pray today um, that that light through your word may speak to us individually and as a community. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, long verses there. Thank you, Sharon. Um, and I have to tell you, if you let your mind wander a little bit when you're reading this scripture, you may actually miss that this is the baptism of Jesus because in Luke's telling, there's this long wind-up with John in the wilderness before those two short and stark verses at the end that even tell us that Jesus was baptized. So I want to invite you into something today. I invite you to grapple with what I have been wrestling with all week, a little tiny segment of this long reading, Bear Fruit Worthy of Repentance. And so I just want to ask you today, it can be a rhetorical question for you, but it also can be a question that you can respond to. What does bearing fruit worthy of repentance mean to you? And I'm just going to have it like sit out there for a minute because it's been sitting out there for um, more than a minute for me. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Anybody? What does that mean to you? And believe me, there is no right answer here. What does it mean to bear fruit worthy of repentance? Christy. Yeah, sharing God's love with others. I didn't get that last part. And, it, and his word. Yes. Is, did I get that right? Yes. Anybody else? Yeah, Roy. Good works. good works. Bearing fruit worthy of repentance. Doing good works. Anybody else? Okay, keep thinking about that. I am. So John is getting people's attention. Crowds from all the region are coming to the banks of the Jordan River. People are searching for something. And so John bellows, bear fruit worthy of repentance. You cannot assume because you are an ancestor of Abraham, you can't assume because you're one of God's people that you are in. John says judgment is coming. And the crowds ask John, okay, what should we do? And here's John's response. Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. The tax collectors we hear came to be baptized. Teacher, what should we do? Collect no more than the amount prescribed by you. Soldiers, what should we do? Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations and be satisfied with your wages. John's specificity, I think, is helpful. Again, what does it mean to bear fruits worthy of repentance? As I was putting away our Christmas decorations this week, I noticed this Swedish garland. It was made by my cousin, and as I looked at it, I wondered if this can be helpful as we discern what it means to bear fruit 
worthy of repentance. Heart, evergreen, heart, evergreen, heart, evergreen, heart. Love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit, love. I don't think we can bear fruit worthy of repentance out of obligation, and I don't think we can bear fruit worthy of repentance alone. I do believe, however, that we can bear fruit because we are created to do so. But we only can do this in relationship, in community. It's this pattern of love bearing fruit, love bearing fruit. The two are connected. And I was thinking about this personally. Honestly, I can't bear fruit worthy of repentance on my own because each time I try to do it, because I am supposed to do it, I come up with every reason and why I shouldn't do it because what I am lacking, the attention I need to give myself, what I don't have enough of, why I may be more worthy of something than someone else. The best example is Christmas shopping. You're always looking for someone and then you see something for yourself and you think, oh gosh, I think I really need that. Let me stop and do that first. Yet, I think we can bear fruit worthy of repentance together. When I hear a story, and it's a huge part of my work, of how someone else responded in kindness or generosity, something changes inside of me. The rhythm is heard again. Love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit. The word repentance that we hear in this reading means to turn back. I've talked about this before. It literally means you're going in one direction. Repent, metanoia in Greek, means to turn back and go in a different direction. It means that something has changed, that we see another angle, that we receive something that we have missed before. To bear fruit worthy of repentance means that the fruit being grown and is shared because something has changed in your life. You have turned around from yourself to be in relationship, to receive the relationship that God has given to you and receive the relationship to others And somehow in that turning back, know that you have fruits to bear to offer to someone else. And I think just like this garland, we can only bear fruit when we are surrounded by love. It's true. I thought about it for myself. When I am loved, when I allow myself and acknowledge that I have fruits to bear, and I see where my fruits are needed, something changes inside of me, and I become glad to give, I become called to give, and I want to bear the best fruit possible. It is the love of another, and it is returning to the love that God has for me. Love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit. Often, our bearing fruit can feel transactional. 
But when we turn around, we, we repent, and it becomes relational. I want Mount Olivet to be a relational church, not a transactional church. And I know it can feel transactional sometimes. I felt it this week. I am making calls to all the families who we have not heard of for pledging this year. And I never want that call to be about money because it's not. It's about relationship. What can we do together? What are the fruits that each family is called to bear, that they are created to share? And what does that mean when it's done together? We don't just sign up for programs. We don't just receive services in church. We're called into relationship, into community, to hear about God's love for us, to turn around, to repent, so we can go and bear fruit for the world together. The wonder of bearing fruit is that when it happens, our ability to bear more fruit increases. Yet we forget that. We need to turn back again and again to be reminded of this. I really believe that God's vision for us as a community is to love and bear fruit and love and bear fruit and love and bear fruit because God knows we can't do it on our own. That's why God comes down. That is Jesus. We need to be in relationship. We need to be in community. Now, the reality is, the world did not like John's message. Herod did not like hearing from John that he should not marry his brother's wife. Herod was not interested in repentance. He did not want to turn back. He liked bearing fruit on its, on its own and enjoying it himself, which really we all do. John ended up in prison and eventually murdered to silence his voice. Yet those crowds gathered around to hear his message. Judgment came that day along the banks of the Jordan River. Jesus was baptized in the midst of all those regular unworthy people looking for something more. Those people like us wondering about what bearing fruit worthy of repentance really means. It was there that the heavens opened and God's words came down again, just like the angels to the shepherd the night of Jesus' birth. God spoke, this is my beloved son. And God's spirit came down into Jesus and down into this world. And Jesus' whole life and death will be the living out of what bearing fruit worthy of repentance is all about. No person is excluded. Each fruit bore will be surrounded in love. Yet the world will not always like this love and its fruit. Now, one other thing I noticed about my Swedish garland, it begins and ends with two hearts. Herein lies the promise of God's love for us. We are claimed in this story and in our own baptism. We are created in love, each person ever born, and each of us meant to bear fruit that is unique and specific to who we are. Jesus is baptized in the wilderness, that out-of-control place. God's vast love comes down to be with us, 
to hold us in birth and in death, to give us to each other. Jesus comes to save us, to embed God's love within this world and call us to bear this fruit, to love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit, love, bear fruit, love. Let it be so. Amen.